You deserve a moment to yourself every single day. And a delicious bite of a Keebler Sandies can give you that comforting pause. Don't forget to pack the melt-in-your-mouth magic of a Keebler Sandies for a post-lunch pick-me-up. This magic is baked into simple shortbread cookies by Ernie and the Keebler Elves. So as life continues to fly by, make the most of your me moment. Take a pause and enjoy a Keebler Sandies. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day smart metabolic burn by brain md can kickstart your metabolism fight stubborn body fat especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey right now save over 30 percent on smart metabolic burn at getsmartburn.com the lowest price anywhere that's getsmartburn.com don't delay transform your life with smart metabolic burn from brain md these statements have not been evaluated by the food and drug administration our products are not intended to diagnose treat cure or prevent any disease. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. With all these different kind of killers, the fantasy is something that uh, they are the writer, they're the producer, they're the director, the actor, and it's perfect. The fantasy is always perfect, but the crime is never, it never works out that way. So there's never this satisfaction for the perfect crime, and so the beat goes on. They look for more, and they look for more victims. Dr. Oz. And this is the Dr. Oz Podcast. He's a legendary criminal profiler and the inspiration behind the hit Netflix series Mindhunter, one of my favorite shows on television. Just, just, say, just saying. John Douglas has sat across the table from some of the most notoriously evil killers of our time. Charles Manson, Son of Sam, even BTK. Blind Torture Kills, what it stands for. He interv- he's interviewed several hundred violent offenders and personally investigated or supervised over 5,000 violent crime investigations. With true crime being so popular in America today, I think it's pretty cool. We have one of the fathers of its investigative elements with us. Today, John's here to reveal his unique insight into his profiling process and to explain how he's helped to identify and capture some of America's most deprived minds and dangerous criminals. So I got to start off. I was so spellbound by this Netflix show, Mindhunter, the whole idea that we didn't know about criminal profiling that much anyway at this time, and just to set up real quickly for everybody, they, they, they always were looking for the motive, right? And the motive was uh, you hate the husband or you, you're trying to steal money, right? The obvious motives. But these guys that you're talking about have different kinds of motives. What got you into this? What got me into it was um, 
I, I was a very young age when I was recruited by the Bureau out of the Air Force at 25 years of age. Uh, then went back to Quantico. Then I was assigned to the Detroit office. And I was always interested in, in, in trying to understand. If I, I'm arresting a fugitive, I want to know where he went. Was there anything I could see in his background that would help us apprehend him sooner? But it was Super Bowl Sunday in 1972, and we were going to arrest a couple hundred guys in Detroit, uh, organized crime figures, uh, hit men. And I was going to arrest three that day. And again, 25. And one of the, the first people I arrested, he looked like Paul Newman, a nice, good-looking guy. And I got him in the car, and I always like to talk. I like to talk and learn. I want to learn from them. And I had him cuffed. And I said, Frank, man, I said, what, what's with you? Every couple of years, it seems like we're arresting you, the state police is arresting you, the local, the local police. And, and, uh, and he says, man, he says, you don't get it, kid. I said, what are you talking about? And it was raining that day, and he looks over to the right side of the pane of glass, and he said, you see those two raindrops over there? I said, yeah, what about it? And he says, I bet you the one on the left gets down to the pane of glass before the, the one on the right. So I said, okay, let's go, man. I'll, I'll bet you in the back. So so sure enough, he wins his, his, uh, the, the raindrop race. And he says, you see what, see what I, I'm talking about, kid? And, and uh, I said, well, you beat me in a raindrop race, right? And he said, no, man. He says, look, we don't need a Super Bowl. All we need are two raindrops. We are who we are. And you are not going to change us, Douglas. You're not going to change us. The FBI, I don't care who you're talking about. It's within us. It, it's, it's within, you know, our brain, our soul. The, the, the thrill-seeking? The, the, right. And, and, and the... Uh, it, and it was just something they just, uh, it's thrill seeking and it's power that they have and, uh, and the, the control they have over others. And so I always wondered, cause I was interested in the behavioral science. If I could, when I get back to Quantico, would I be able to apply this to, you know, to violent offenders? So when I came back now at 32 years of age, I had, I was a SWAT team member, a sniper on the SWAT team, a hostage negotiator. I already had a couple of advanced degrees. I was beginning a doctorate uh, degree and went back and I sat in back of the class and just like in the Mindhunter series was auditing. And, and I see these instructors, they're older than me. But they're getting their facts wrong, and the the students are challenging them. They're challenging their facts. Hey, man, I worked the case. <laughs> I worked the the case. You got you're wrong. So I'm thinking I'm supposed to be auditing these. Guys. I'm going to be up in front of this class, you know, pretty soon. What can I do to accelerate my my learning? So we had these road schools in those days. Two weeks at a time, you're on the road. You could be a week in Boise, Idaho, then you go on to like L.A. LA and, and train the L.A. Why are they PD. called road schools? Because it was just road schools, a term that we used in the FBI. You've got to go out and teach. Rather than teach at Quantico now, we're going to, we're going to send, send you out there and you're going to go to the local academies, police academies. So I, I told my partner, I said, Man, let's go into the penitentiary. Let's see if these people... We'll talk to us. Let's see if, if uh, uh, Charles Manson or you know Ed Kemper or Sirhan Sirhan or you know James Earl Ray, if they'll they'll talk. Is ah you're crazy, man? You're crazy. So but, you know, let, let's see. These guys are probably bored and whatever. So went in, started going to the penitentiary. Didn't ask for bureau permission. When the bureau found out about it, what the hell are you doing? Going in, doing these kind of interviews. Uh, you, you know, it's, it was so like, that part of the story is true. I thought they made no, that. No, no, that's all true. Oh, that's they what, didn't know you were doing this. No, no, it's, it's all, a lot of balls. That, and when you saw my office in, 
In their basement? 60 yes. I, I, my office was 60 feet underground, 10 times deeper than dead people. I would tell people <laughs> there was 60, 60 feet uh, under. So, so no, that's exactly, exactly true. You know, what, what are you doing, doing that? You know, you know, just, it should be like, just like dragnet or, or, or whatever. So, and then, and then we, uh, uh, Teamed up with Dr. Ann Burgess, who's the Wendy character in the Mindhunter. She's the, the Boston University he, professor, right? And she's but she's a uh, she's a, a forensic nurse. She's uh, not uh, a psychologist, and she didn't teach us how to you know, how to do the interviews, in these interrogations, whatever we were doing. But she helped us develop this computerized instrument, a fifty-seven page computerized instrument. We did it as a, as a team, covering the victim, covering the crime. Uh, the offender, the pre-offense behavior, post-offense behavior, criminal history, all these, all these different things, and and that's what she did. But I didn't ask her how should I go interview Manson, and then now we got finally got approval. And we got the grant, like they they're showing on on television. The backstory is different, though, Doctor Oz. The backstory I, when I came back, I was married, had one one child. And uh, this is really kind of funny because because my wife's been a school teacher for 47 years, and I live in Fredericksburg, small small community. And we're watching the first the first show, and because we hadn't, hadn't seen it, and but the first show was a little violent. The set by the second show, there's some sex in the uh, you know in in one of the right, the, 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 and uh, she's trying to teach uh, teach him something. Is that is that supposed to be me? My wife tells me you know. It's, I said, well, sure as hell is in me. <laughs> this is Hollywood. I've seen this part here, you know, in the show. It's not, you know, it's not me. Oh, this is embarrassing. I live in a community. Are you proud? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so, so we uh, started, you know, started doing the interviews, and then the cases started uh, rolling in. So I got the first year, it was like 50, and, and cops are coming in. And now you're, you're starting to be like E.F. Hutton. When you talk, people are listening, and a young, young, young guy, you know, Full of, full of vigor here, and, and so so the cases are coming, and then every year they start fifty. Now it's a hundred, hundred and fifty. By the time I retire, it'll be a thousand uh, cases. But meanwhile, what's happening to me, and you saw it in, in the Mine Hunter show, is is when Kemper grabbed me. Kemper never gra- grabbed me uh, uh, like that. But what was happening to me? Was, just to set up straight. Yeah. So Kemper's six nine, nine. huge person, three hundred pounds, and he lifts up the character who's playing you. And you feel the fear of having someone like that control you. Until then, Kemper's been this incredibly charismatic, kindly guy that you sit down and have beer. In fact, the cops that were, who arrested him couldn't believe it was him because they were all friends with him, personal right. friends. So sure. back to the reality. Yeah, yeah so the, the, I forget where I was, where was I going Kemper with my grabbed, reality. He didn't really grab you like they oh, did no, in the he show. Didn't, no, right. He didn't grab me. But what was happening um, you know, to me, I was beginning to get uh, burned out. I was getting burned out in the job. I was... Uh, it was the nature of the work and then the volume of the work and then dealing with the victims uh, in some cases, like in the current book, The Killer Across the Table, where the mother, Mrs. Delisandra, wants me to go through all the details of what what happened to her daughter. How was her daughter killed? Did my daughter fight? Uh, tell me about the bruising and all that. And it, it is emotionally uh, devastating for me. And so here I was up in New York City in in, in uh in 1983, I was in here, up here in November, training several hundred police from all over the area. And during my presentation, I thought I was having a heart attack. I thought, hey, I'm thinking of these cases I got to do. I, I just came back from England on the Yorkshire Ripper case. I got to go up to Alaska where a man named Hanson is, is abducting women and 
flying them up in the wilderness, stripping them down naked and hunting them down like wild animals. I got to deal with that. I got to deal with the Green River murder case and just other cases you don't even know about. I had this anxiety attack and I'm thinking, oh man, you know, regroup, Doug. I goes, man, regroup, regroup. And no one probably caught it, but I was able to regroup, came back to Quantico, took out income protection insurance, uh, more life insurance. I thought at 38, I may be dying here. And the day I leave to go to Seattle to, to, trained some of these young agents uh, who they assigned to me to train. I go say goodbye to my wife twice. I go out there and tremendous right, uh, pain in the right side of my, uh, my head. And uh, I tell the agent, I think I'm getting the flu. I think, I think I'm getting a flu. So look, this is what you have to do. It's Tuesday. I'll see you Friday. We'll head back to Washington, DC that night, that night. I just, the last thing I remember I'm falling and I'm collapsing and my head hits the floor, and I have a do not disturb sign on the hotel room. So you spent a couple of days there. Yeah, I spent several <laughs> days on the floor. When I kicked down the door, my heartbeat was 220. My body temperature was 107. So I, I was, and they said when I, they took me to the emergency room, my, my right temporal lobe was bleeding. And every, every uh, couple of minutes, they said my body just started shaking, shaking, trembling. It was diagnosed as viral encephalitis, but they said my immune system was just so low. There's lots more when we come back. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. While you're trying to crack these cases, you're on death's door for a while and takes you out of... So how did that... Five months I was... Yeah. How did that change... You, you went from being the nation's premier 
profiler to someone who'd face death and come yeah. back. It made me it, it, uh, it, it made me a good leader for the people that were going to be working for me because when I began to see signs of burnout for them, I, I went to stress psychologists and and I, when I see that, I, I would let them. I would break FBI rules. And let them, uh, you know, let them go uh, go home. And it was always a battle, though, for me to balance my life. Uh, I I would actually it sounds kind of morbid. I I would go to the cemetery, this veteran cemetery, where I was going to be buried on that day, just to kind of look around to see who my who uh, I, my neighbors would have been here. And so, anytime I, I start where I can no longer balance the life where you're struggling. Yeah, I was trying to. I was running uh, to the point of exhaustion. I, I, I was, you know, even, uh, drinking, uh, you know, too much. And, and I come home. You try to decompress. You go to a room, and and before you can meet the uh, children, it does affect your personally your interaction with your family. I'd be lying to you if I say you're in bed with your wife and and, and some amorous, uh, you know, thing you perhaps are going to do. And but you just that day you're working some vicious lust murder case it it, it affects it affects you and you wake up you may have nightmares from this so how do you uh, process all of that i mean is there a th- is there an in like in the fbi therapist who you the yeah i went to i went to and and uh, they they said i was burning the candle at both ends and that uh uh, again, with with the the balance, you see what. You, but it's bigger you than sh- that because yes. it's like Mehmet has burns candle at both ends. The surgeon, yeah. the surgeon, we working really yes. hard, many hours a day, but he's not confronted by the darkness. That, yes. I mean that side of humanity that most of us just Actually, try to I, avoid. Just to pursue that for yeah. a second, I think you answer this in this context. What makes a killer? Is, is is evil real? Does true evil exist? Because. That would be the thing that would keep me up at night, that would mess me up from getting back engaged with my kids. If I had faced something that I thought was all around us, that means we're all at risk. Yeah. No, I, it's almost, you're talking about a nature-nurture type, uh, type of thing, too. I mean, there yeah, are evil also, people, yeah. but I, don't, I just don't believe there's an evil uh, genetic a gene. I think, I think there are you know, certain things we know are inherited addiction, impulsive uh, behavior. Right. But, these people that you interviewed, the Kempers, the yes. BTKs, were they made evil? Yes, they, they were. They came from, and they, even in, in here, in, in the book, The now, Killer Across the Table, by the way, a wonderful book that, that yeah. uh, John wrote with um, Mark Olshiker. Yeah, so they, you, you see this in, in the background. In fact, one of the, guy, one of the guys in here, he was the guy, in two, uh, two years ago, they rescued a woman in a storage container in South Carolina, and um, got to interview him in depth. And he, when he was 15, he raped a 14-year-old girl. But his background is classic, and he wants me to tell him about, you know, why? Why do I do the things that, that I did? He killed four people in a motorcycle shop, a case I was down speaking at a university, and the cops came up, and I, I did an analysis. And then they, they didn't take my analysis. They should have, because I told them the killer is a disgruntled customer, and he's in the files. And they rather focused in on a guy who found the bodies, thought that he, his behavior, uh, you know, was weird. But he's asking me to tell him about his background. I said, your background is very, very typical. Uh, it doesn't surprise me what happened. You were born into this world. Your mother really didn't want anything to do with you. She abandoned you. She was running around with other men. You're, you had a, a, a family member that was sexually uh, abusing you as well. Your dad wanted nothing to do. He's a biological dad. So that your parents... You break up, uh, your mother remarries, remarries. You go out to visit your biological dad in Tempe, Arizona. 
and he, 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 you don't have much of a relationship. So at 15 years of age, you rape a 14 year old girl and you get, uh, they send you not to a, a juvenile prison. They send you to, to a, a man's prison, uh, for 15 years, 30 years. And you're a smart guy, Todd. And you go back, you go back to South Carolina where you pick up, you pick up two degrees. You pick up a real estate license, a broker's license. You en- end up owning a real estate company. You uh, also uh, have a private pilot's license, but you got this one problem. If someone does you wrong, you got to retaliate. And just like you retaliated to the people that sold you that motorcycle uh, you know, in 2002, you waited months and months and months. Uh, you were angry at them because you crashed that motorcycle because you didn't know how to ride the motorcycle. And you also found out that in your belief that they stole that motorcycle because it was a chop shop and you wanted revenge, but you waited and waited and waited. And then you went in this day and you went in and you killed four people, uh, four people. And his name was in the indices in the file. The cops stopped. And they would have found out he was a registered sex offender, has criminal, this criminal history here. And he went on to kill. And then he went on to, to, to abduct this girl and when the police rescued her in a storage container. So the backgrounds, you and I said, I don't, I did not, I don't forgive you. You, I know what happened, but you, it's free will. And you were able to make these choices. You made the wrong choices, but you, you knew right from wrong. You knew the nature and consequences of your actions and you, and you screwed up. Todd, you screwed up and now you got to, you got to pay, but smart guy, really smart, a smart individual. It seems like there's a sexual element, some kind of sexual abuse, or at least dysfunction in a lot lot of these cases. Is that, is yes. that a yeah, correct always, reading? Right. That? There's always some type of, of uh, another guy in here, Donald Harvey, who killed close to 100 hospital uh, patients as an orderly. In fact, just the other day, and if you saw it in Germany. I saw that. Germany, 400. Yeah. A, a nurse. A, ner- a nurse did the same thing Harvey did here. He, once it, nurses, uh, you know, they're, they're the only ones there with the patient at 2 in the morning. They can inject you with all kinds of things. Plus, you don't you see. We, uh, typically, uh, we deal with predators. You know, like the Bundays that go out and they hunt. But here, here you don't, you don't have to do the hunting. Your your victims are are, are right a farmer. there. Uh, right, that's right. And, and uh, so that they're there. They can kill him. They won't do autopsies on him because he died of old age. Even though he's maybe given him more morphine than he needs, he did cyanide, and that's how got. So caught. what happened to the, in, the, in the U.S. nurse's case? What made him a evil genius killer? Well, with with him. And he was really charismatic. He was a real charismatic. A lot of these guys, they're real charismatic. I make them real comfortable so they feel comfortable, you know, with me. Uh, but he was, he came into this world. He was, he was pretty smart. Uh, did smart. He was smart in school, but he was uh, sexually assaulted when he was four years of age by uh, an uncle and then sexually assaulted by a neighbor. Uh, and, and then, interesting with him, he would later then pretty much extort them to get things out of them, he'll have continue the sex as he got older. But uh, he's going to black. He's going to black. Uh, you know, mail him. But the thing about it, with the first killing, he went in this service and and uh, attempted suicide, uh, and they released him. He goes working, works in a hospital, and the first person who he kills, and and they all loved him. He thought he was the greatest guy in the world. He's there to, to change the bedding, and the and the patient defecated in in bed as he reaches in to clean and change the sheets, the patient pushes feces in, in his, uh, in his uh, face. So what, what he will say is, you know, he got angry at the, at the patient and all this. And he, and, and uh, he says, well, they should have known better. They shouldn't have put me uh, there. Uh, so he kills her. 
And he's, and he's calling himself, he kills him, he calls himself the angel of death. I said, wait, Paul. I, I said, uh, Harvey, I said, this is an angel of death. This is not a mercy, mercy killing. Well, it's not a mercy killing. You, you put a catheter into this, uh, you know, into this man. And then after you put the catheter in, you got a clothes hanger, which is straightened out. And you rammed that, ca- uh, that coat hanger through that catheter. And this man, uh, you know, bled to death. Well, yeah, he said, yeah, that's, yeah, that's not really a mercy. And then you killed some neighbors that, that you didn't like. You were poisoning, poisoning them. And you were then poisoning your, your boyfriend because he was running around with guys uh, in the park on Mondays. And you decided on Sundays you'll start poisoning him so that he won't run around in parks. Uh, and uh, they said, well, yeah, you're... You're right, and and he's just very. But he, it's interesting the way they talk. It's just it's just so nonchalant. There's no remorse. Uh, so there's no themselves. prefrontal cortex dysfunction. There's no trauma. I mean, people who have head, head injuries. Well, he was dropped on his head a, right. a couple of times as a kid. Yeah, he was he was dropped. Is there a part of it because they don't yeah. seem to? As you point, you're, you're having this very matter of fact discussion. Yeah. And you, I, I can't imagine having this discussion yeah. like that with anybody. Yeah, but <laughs> right. But you know, you're commenting on well, you killed him, but it really wasn't a mercy killing. I mean, you, that's not discussions we normally have. Yeah, so no. some, there's something a little wrong there. Yeah. Oh yeah. There, there's something. There's something wrong there. I mean, but they're not insane. They know. They they know this premeditation here. They. Uh, he was trained uh, in the morgue. He got. He ended up having relations with uh, with uh, 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 the technician. It's more in the morgue, and the, and the mortician was telling him how how if you kill people, right. you, know, you know, put plastic. Don't don't use just just a, a a sheet because you know the fibers will show up. You know, be certain marks. So put a plastic on there first. Then you can put the you can put a pillow over the uh, the, the face. And he was having an affair with him. So he was. Ridiculous, uh, uh, interesting. But I did that interview with MSNBC. Yeah, MSNBC. When I, I came to New York, they weren't happy with my interview. Uh, interview with him or this other guy, Condro, who killed his friend's children. And what they did, I think, what they were surprised at. And I've seen some other shows where the guy like me, they'll come in like real hard nosed, tough guy with you know like growling kind of kind of face. I'm not that way. I'm not. I'm not that way at all. And so I'm. I'm asking, like for example, Harvey about animal torturing because uh, it, it's one of the things we find is that, that it's a pretty good, pretty good predictor when you start seeing acting out animal cruelty, uh, you know, torturing of, of animals, picking out something weak and vulnerable, and then later on they progress weak and vulnerable. You know, they'll go to vulnerable people, drug addicts, prostitutes, elderly, you know, you know, elderly, uh, you know, people here. But uh, it, it was what they didn't like about me was that I would I would kind of smile with them. Like I asked Harvey, you know, what all did you kill? He said, well, I killed this. I killed this chicken. And and uh, and uh, well, that's what you're on a farm. He says, he says, yeah, but 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 this this chicken here, my mother really liked this chicken. I didn't didn't uh, uh, then she didn't really didn't want me to have it. I, I really wanted it. So I I, 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 I killed it. And then. I killed a couple of cows. My, uh, why, why'd you do that? A neighbor's cows. I said, because I was angry with this guy. So I, I cut his throat a couple of times, a couple of times and then killed a few of his cows. And he says, well, that's all I did. And so I smiled. <laughs> I said, that's, that's more than most of us. I said, that's so, so the MSNBC sees me smiling. They think I got to be in this guy's face and, 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 uh, and, and, and the same thing when I interviewed Conjo, this guy was killing his friend's children. Like, 
like USOB, uh, you know, you, you are, they ought to execute you. No, uh, I'm trying to get information. I need, and when you do an interview, to you, there's sometimes you go go on an interview. You only want to know one thing. There's one main thing because you kind of know the case. I go in there well prepared, no notes, no no tape recorders like they're they're showing. Mm-hmm. I want. I want uh, to maintain eye contact. We're dealing with paranoid individuals that, who they don't trust necessarily you. What are you doing with the notes? What are you doing with, with the tape recorder? I don't, I don't trust uh, the correction. So I go in there pretty well, you know, you know, versed, uh, you know, you know, on the case and, and know the case pretty much, uh, you know, backwards, uh, you know, uh, you know, and, and forwards. And they didn't, they did not like and you, that. You said you want one question answered. What's yeah, that one the one question? question, okay, like Dennis Rader, the BTK Strangler, who uh, worked and I interviewed him. Dennis, why did you stop? Why did you stop for years at a time? Because we in law enforcement think that maybe they moved on to, to another, uh, another city. Uh, maybe they're incarcerated. Maybe they died. And uh, what happened? He said, well, on this day, I came home. He was a compliance officer. Another thing, a lot of them are police buffs, so he can wear a badge. They love that stuff. And compliance, though, officer, oh, the fence is infringing on your neighbor's property. Move it. You know, your grass is too high. Cut it, uh, type of thing. So I come home this day, and he was into cross-dressing with, the, with his victim's clothing. And he was also in, uh, into uh, uh, autoeroticism. Uh, strangling. Strangle, strangling and and. Uh, had a mask he would wear, woman that he painted eyebrows, eye, uh, eyes, and a mouth, lipstick, and hair, was wear, was wearing that when his w- wife comes walking in. What the hell is this? You know, what? The, uh, so I got a problem. He says, "You're damn right, you got a problem." His wife thought, "You, you know, what? What the hell's going on?" Well, I just she didn't put two and two together, knowing that he was the BTK strangler. She calls the VA center to say, "Look, I have this friend whose husband is doing this. What does that mean?" So they explained to her. What what that means, and you know, maybe something he he'll whoever this person is will will get over this. Well, I, that's what scared him. He said, John, that's what scared me. So I stopped, but then I, I went back to killing again, and then she caught me again another time wearing victims' dresses and doing this cross dressing stuff, and, and uh, I stopped. I stopped. Well, how, when did you finally surface again? Because then you went under for a lot of years. Well, when there was a guy in Wichita that was going to write a book, if anybody's going to write a book about me, it's going to be me. So I said, how in the hell are you going to publish this book? What you? And he says, he says, well, I'll bury this book. Then may one day, 100 years from now, someone will realize that uh, Dennis Rader was the BTK uh, strangler. He was just lucky, too. He wasn't smart. He had just 100 IQ, but stupid. He, he starts communicating with the police, and he tells the police, and they're going back and forth through the newspaper, through codes. If uh, he, and, he, and he tells them, uh, if I send you a floppy disk, will you be able to uh, trace this floppy disk, uh, you know, back to me? And the police, what are they going to say? Oh, of course, we can't do something that's way too sophisticated. <laughs> all right, so in, in comes the floppy disk, and they get this, the computer guys all around. You know, they're ready. You know, to do this all the scientific stuff. To difficult. No, you don't have to be. We can do it. Uh, comes in, they stick it in the computer. Up pops. Christ Lutheran Church, Dennis Rader, president of the, uh, you know, of, of the church. So now they zero in on it. Interesting what they did. They were able, you know, they don't have, uh, we have DNA from a murder uh, he did of, of this family, Otero family in 1979. And, uh, and one of the victims, he, the one he was really after, a young girl he brought down to the basement, tied her up 
and he uh, masturbated on her. So we had we have DNA on that case saved from 1979, or, or the police do. What they do is they go to the uh, Kansas State University to find out where his daughter uh, went to school. She went there, and they go into the clinic uh, where she had a pap smear done. And I didn't realize this. They hang on to those uh, for, for years and years, apparently. You know, Doc. No, and they yeah. got the DNA from and that. And they got the, they got the DNA. And so what? So... All we can, after he, they listened to him, listened to him. All we can tell you, Dennis, is that the father of your daughter is the BTK strangler. That your daughter's father is a BTK strangler, and he, he looks at that and he hears that and he says, "Okay." So then he proceeds to talk, and he, and he just spills his guts. He doesn't care what. A thing about the victims. What I didn't like about the case was when the prosecutor, she wanted to make, I think, make a name for herself, and he plea bargained, and so they really didn't have to have him go to court to go through. All he had to do was say, "Yes, I killed this person," but she made him go through every case and, and all the specific details, which he loved. He loved going through all these cases over and over again because this inadequate nobody was finally a somebody, you know, in his life. And, and what is your motivation? What is it about? And I had an idea what it was. He says, it's all about the rope, John. And what he meant was, it, it, is that with the rope, he was binding. Bondage was the thing. Bondage was more uh, the, the selection of the victim, the hunt for the victim, uh, and then, and then the, the, the bondage. And, of course, he has to, to kill. Uh, it is, uh, it is, and he had all these drawings, which I have, of, of what he it was, what his fantasies were, and he acted the fantasies out that he that he would draw. But the difference is with fantasy, with all these different kind of killers, is the fantasy is something that uh, they are the writer, they're the producer, they're the director, the actor, and it's perfect. The fantasy is always perfect, but the crime is never uh, never it never works out that way. So there's never this satisfaction. That yeah, for the perfect crime, and so the beat goes on. They're looking for more, and they look for more victims. More questions after the break. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a Day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. 
Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. So I've got a couple of tapes, if it's okay. Oh, good. Yeah, really, oh, I heard really, you did. Yeah. yeah, what you're really good at is the actual yeah. interviews. And this is so riveting to me just to understand how you get into this. Because most of us get caught up in the fact he killed 12 people, not the— like, I would have never thought to ask Dennis Rader why he stopped. But, of course, that's yeah. the, the perfect question to ask. Okay, so Charles Manson, uh, he's been described as a showman. Uh, and I'm just curious if he's different than how we today see him, at least on television. So I'm going to play a short clip of one of Charles Manson's many interviews. I'm going to listen to what he had to say when he uh, when asked if he felt guilty. So let's play the clip, please. There's no need to feel guilty. I haven't done anything I'm ashamed of. Maybe I haven't done enough. I might be ashamed of that for not doing enough, for not giving enough, for not being more perceptive, for not being aware enough, for not understanding, for uh, being stupid. Maybe I should have killed four or five hundred people, then I would have felt better. Then when I felt like I really offered society something. Yeah, that's... Brings back flashbacks of uh, because he's very melodic when he when he speaks and I, and I and when I did the interview uh, with him I I made sure there was furniture in there because I knew I'm six two he's five two I knew he was going to uh, dominate me because he used to be on a George Spawn ranch and, and sit up on top of the rock and and uh, preach to his followers uh, he wasn't a, really a big drug addict he would take just enough drugs just to get high but he used drugs to control. Uh, the, his family, so-called family, when he had sex with the, the uh, w- w- with the members there, he would script them as if they're having sex with their father. A lot of these kids who gravitated to the hate Ashbury uh, were, were running away from home. Their dad, the God Almighty Buck, you know. So, so he then took over being this uh, this father uh, figure. But he he is not a serial uh, killer. I know Vincent Bugliosi was a lie. I didn't like the comments I made. Uh, about him because I thought even if he got out I said he probably if he got out of prison he's dead now but if he got out of prison th- this was just a few years ago that he he wouldn't be uh you know committing uh, Who's Vincent? No problem Vincent Big Bugliosi who wrote he was the prosecutor oh. in the uh in the case uh, against uh, against him and, and had the theory the helter skelter and he, and he preached that Manson preached that helter skelter which was uh, the white album of the Beatles, and he interpreted that that there's going to be a race war, and, and uh, there's going to be this race war won by between the blacks and the whites, won by the blacks. But we're going to come forward 144,000 strong with our dune buggies, armed with machine guns, and we'll wipe all of the, the blacks off, and then we'll, uh, you know, we'll run the world. It really was, it really was uh, BS. I, I mean, he didn't really believe this stuff. What he really wanted was sex, drugs, and rock and roll, and he and he. He really uh, was close to Dennis Wilson of the Beach Boys, wanted to be in the band. Uh, Dennis Wilson liked him because he was providing girls, you know, girls for him. Uh, he, uh, what it, it learned, what it learned, it, it's, it, he, it was, was this charismatic 
uh, uh, individual with, with very experienced. He spent half of his life in prison. So when he goes to hate Ashbury, these kids, they don't know anything about crime or anything uh, at all. He's able to knows how to manipulate uh, manipulate them, but he got them to believe so much in this in this this white album, this stuff, this race war type of thing that he lost control control of the group. Unlike uh, David Koresh in Waco, Texas, David Koresh would, kept his people confined confined and 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 were not able to leave the compound. Uh, same thing with Jim Jones in Guiana, nine hundred and thirteen people killed that he, that he takes down there and they drink the the cyanide, uh, you know, uh, Kool Aid. So. But he is a master manipulator, and 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 I I try to almost kind of sound like him, like the tape you just played uh, going in. Again, we didn't have notes or anything like that, and he sat on top of a table, uh, dominating me. The funny part during the interview is when we were we were finished. We interviewed him a few times over the years. Uh, he says, "You got to give me something. You got to give me something." What do you mean you got to give you something? What do you want, do you want from me? And he said, you, those glasses, you got those Ray-Bans? I want those Ray-Bans. What, what do you want the Ray-Bans? He says, because I got to, they know I'm now I'm talking to the FBI. I got to show I ripped you you guys off, that I stole something from you and, and uh, that you're not even aware of so I can go back there. So so we had to give give him our, our nice Ray-Ban sunglasses so he could, you know, boast about it. Well, but he didn't, He it's a lack of remorse in his comments. I'm fascinated by all these yes. his background, but as you listen to him say that, there's no, yeah, there's nothing because you see, he, he is the victim. He is the victim of society. And, and, uh, and then you get, so you have this really, uh, crazy kind of theories, but then some of the stuff he's saying him and I interviewed Squeaky Fromm and Sandra Good and, and interviewed them and when you're in West Virginia, then down in Florida, you know, prison, that thing was the, was, was pollution and, and blue skies and a, and clear water and what they're saying. I mean, I, I'd like to have, I want blue skies and no pollution. You know, so some of the stuff they're saying, you know, you agree with, it's just that, okay, Sandy, good. You should not have extorted this nuclear power plant. You screwed up there and, and squeaky. You probably shouldn't have shot at Gerald Ford and that got you, in, you know, in prison. That's, that's how they ended up in prison. Uh, Squeaky's still in prison. Sandra Good is out of prison. Is he pretty common for these types of criminals, serial murderers, this idea that they're a victim. and Yes. I know, I know you said the uh, former guy wasn't insane, but he sounds pretty insane to me. There's, there's definitely a oh, lack of yeah. Yeah, he, he's, cognition. He's, he's, yeah, IQ was 120. He's street smart. He's not educated, you know, he's educated in the prison system his whole life. And he was, you know, he was brought into this world. His mother was a prostitute. Uh, his, uh, the, the father's name was Maddox for a while. And uh, they would force him to uh, to wear women's clothing, girls' clothing, when he, when he sent him to school. And of course, he was very, very tiny. He was bullied upon. Uh, then he started acting out again. The animal cruelty, committing uh, now crimes of he was uh, in burglaries, and also we call it the Dyer Act. He was steal stolen cars. But he became educated through the criminal system. So so he's just very. Very, you know, knowledgeable. You know, why is I mean, it called the Dyer no Act? I don't know why. I forget why because D Y E R. It was stolen, stolen cars, and the bureau had worked these uh, taken across interstate. What's uh, the interstate purpose of stealing a car? Yeah, 
Just that, just the car, then sell it, you know, sell it, make money, steal the car, make it, or just just simply for so transportation. So there is a type. These guys are all kind of fall into the same pattern, it looks yeah, like. Yeah, they're all different. Some are a little bit different, you know, in the way they murdered. David Berkowitz is more, up here in New York, was more of an assassination-style killing, uh, the, the, uh, the, the, the son of Sam, going after girls and lovers' well, lanes. Well, speaking of different people, let me play one more tape. This is from yeah. Ted Bundy. Now, Ted, this is an interview right before his execution. He's talking about what he felt the next day after his first murder. This is important because uh, one of the things that John Douglas has talked a lot about was that initial experience of what it felt like to get started. To wake up in the morning and, and realize what I had done. And with a clear mind and all my essential moral and ethical feelings intact at that moment. Uh, absolutely horrified that I was capable of doing something like that. And he actually crazily, Charles Manson, uh, you know, most people would think of as a crazy person, although he's charismatic to his group. Yes. Uh, anybody charismatic, uh, you know, law student, uh, handsome, uh, and it seems like he yeah. actually had insight into what he had done criminally. How do you compare the two? No, he was able, again, it was the, the fantasy thing with him that started to develop. And he didn't, have, everyone thinks he had such a great early childhood. No, he, he was, his mother uh, had him out of wedlock in uh, like 1946. And in those days, you know, they couldn't talk about stuff like that. So they sent, they sent her away. And little, little do you know, he, when he was ra- uh, growing up, they told him uh, that, that his mother was his sister. So he was, so that was his sister and the grandparents, his grandparents were the ones to raise him. And later on he would find out, uh, you know, about that, that, uh, that upbringing. He, he was, uh, he's he, the early childhood. But again, he's still, he's still somewhat different, but he's able to, he says to compartmentalize it. It looks like, you know, he's getting ready to be ex- executed, you know, here, and he's, you don't have it here, but he, he will blame things, and he was speaking to this Reverend Dobbins at the time, uh, that, uh, that pornography, pornography was the cause of his problems, and, and then, then pornography was no longer satisfying, so he had, he wanted to go and act out the things that he was, he was, uh, you know, seeing, you know, in the magazine. When they called me, they called me back to, to discuss this, uh, because do you want to study him? We can keep him alive. Do you, do you want to, you want to study me? Then talking about the pornography, and he said, "No, no, we we see the pornography. The pornography it, it, it fuels the fantasy. It's not the cause of him to do these uh, to, to do these things." And but we pretty well have a good handle on Bundy. We've interviewed him several times, and one of my agents in my unit went down got pretty close to him and was with him at the point when he got uh, executed. And I uh, said, "But we pretty well study study him, so you can move on with your." the execution and, uh, you know, carry this thing through. A lot of people, when I do these interviews, they think, oh, man, you really feel for this guy. I mean, this guy. And, and, what he, and the things that he did, I said, I, I mean, I'm feigning empathy, you know, here. I'm trying to get information. But if you, you I'm, maybe I'm something wrong. Maybe I said, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe I said, if you want, if you're looking for a volunteer to pull the switch uh, on this guy, Gary Heidnick in Philadelphia, who kept women in the, in the, in, in, a, in the pit of a uh, basement, like in Silence of the Lambs, he was a guy I interviewed. Uh, in fact, Leslie Stahl followed me in 60 minutes into the, into the prison. And I coached the prosecution on, on that case, but he had women in that, 
in that uh, basement of his. He would put women in there, fill the pit up with water, and get electric wire. And they, we were in shackles and, and electrocute them. And he killed one. And I don't know what this is podcast. I guess I can say this here. He ended up putting this victim in a, uh, in a meat grinder, fed that victim to the other victims, and as well as as the uh, a dog uh, that he had. When I interviewed him, he doesn't care anything about that. He's always treating the women nicely at birthday parties uh, down there. Now you'll say he's insane, right? This guy is is crazy. He uh, he had over six hundred thousand dollars in the bank that he invested in the stock market, and they had a, the stockbroker testified that no, he, Gary Heidnick was picking out his uh, his own investments here. He also put cinder blocks around the windows in the basement so no one can hear the screams and yells and turn up the uh, turn up the, uh, the, uh, the the radio. So if they start yelling, no one can you know can hear that. The only time I got to him, and again once again was with the mother. It was, it was the mother thing, bringing that up. And, and he just went nuts. He wanted to pull the mic from, from his shirt and Leslie Stahl is there and, you know, and looking at this guy. It's, it, it, and I've seen it so many times and, and somebody just did it. Somebody just did a review. I, you probably look on your own books. You'll see yeah. reviews. Yeah. I shouldn't look at them. Even the good reviews. I should, you should I, don't look like at there's them. There's a tendency to look. You want to look. So then I saw one, I got this one. She gave me a three. So I'm reading it. And 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 she doesn't like what I have to say in their in their. This is about the, the killer across the table. Your the book. killer across the table book, where where uh, like I'm saying it's a parental thing, and more times than not, it, it's coming on the mother the mother's side here. So she, I had so I was so tempted to answer, but I'm not. But 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 I felt like saying. So she gave the example. Well, Mrs. D'Alessandro should not have sent her child out to, to, uh, you know, to collect money for the, the box, of, uh, box of cookies. Oh, so we're going to blame, we're going to blame the victims. Now we're going to blame the surviving victims, not, not this, the teacher at the house that she knocked uh, you know, on the door. So we're going to blame everything on Mrs. On Mrs. D'Alessandro. In fact, in those days you could, could pretty much go, you know, uh, go, uh, you, you should know, be to allowed door. to, that's the thing about yeah. victim shaming. You should be allowed to, whether, yes. whether yeah. you would do it or not in your family and how paranoid you are, that's your own personal decision. Listen, John Douglas, unbelievable. I've enjoyed hosting you on the show. Oh, uh, thank you. Uh, it's great. Encyclopedic uh, knowledge, but I love hearing from the folks who were there. Yeah. yeah you know, if, uh, if you have something else come up, give me a call. Oh, I believe yeah. it. I believe <laughs> Well, the Killer Across the Table, wonderful book uh, with the lots of five-star ratings. Yeah, God bless sir. you for what you've done. Oh, thank you. God bless you. Thank you. endless diets and weight loss struggles it's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results introducing smart metabolic burn from brain md your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat imagine burning fat balancing glucose levels and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks this unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula berberine which targets abdominal fat and oea which curbs your appetite with just two capsules a day Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. 
Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry. With an education that empowers communities, Trinity grads can change lives by applying natural health principles and techniques in holistic practices or stores selling nourishing health products. Offering 19 online programs that fit your busy schedule, you'll get training to help turn your passion into a career. Enroll today at trinityschool.org. That's trinityschool.org. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring.